The Federal Reserve finally makes their move. Starbucks CEO announces his retirement. We go over the biggest analyst calls of the day. China stocks rally after the government signals support and HSBC enters the metaverse. This is the Running With The Money Briefing. Let's get into it. up and welcome to another episode of the running with the money briefing now i'm your host luke donay and of course this is powered by pound of the table we have to get right into what the market is doing and what is moving this market and of course today it was the federal reserve we closed with the dow jones up 518 points nasdaq up 47 in the s&p 500 up 95 that's right you heard it right that's a 3.77 percent move on the nasdaq so nothing insignificant that's for sure now shifting in to what in the world the federal reserve announced today and what they are doing coming out of this two-day fomc meeting so the federal reserve announcing that they will be raising interest rates by a quarter percentage point or 25 basis points once again 25 basis points and that is going to bring the rate to a range of 0.25 percent to 0.5 percent so this is coming off of those near zero levels now it's also important to note that they did know they do expect slower economic growth this year coupled with these rate hikes. So essentially they're saying, look, these rate hikes are going to come, yet we are going to see slower economic growth than expected. Now, the FOMC also laid out a plan. They penciled in, they say, at each of the six remaining meetings this year that they will be also raising rates and that their target consensus funds rate is 1.9% by year's end. So definitely a long ways to go. It is also important to note that is a full percentage point higher than what they indicated in December. So some big moves. And then when it comes to 2023, next year, the FOMC in the committee, they noted that they expect three more hikes in the year of 2023. Now shifting in to the balance sheet, what are we getting on the balance sheet reduction front? As we all know, the Fed balance sheet throughout COVID as they continued to purchase those assets and those mortgage-backed securities, where in the world is the balance sheet going to go from here? Well, they noted that balance sheet reduction will be coming in a coming meeting. They did not specify. In fact, this was their statement on it. They went on to say, quote, in addition, the committee expects to begin reducing its holdings of treasury securities and agency debt and agency mortgage-backed securities at a coming meeting. So in essence, they said, look, this is going to happen this year, but we don't know at what meeting it is going to happen. But throughout the statements coming out of both the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve itself, the official statement, they did somewhat hint at a start in May for the balance sheet reduction. Now, Jerome Powell, he led off with, on quote, we are tentative to the risk of further upward pressure on inflation and inflation expectations. The committee is determined to take the measures necessary to restore price stability. The United States economy is very strong and well positioned to handle tighter monetary policy. So really what he's saying there is, look, we're going to take every precaution that we need to to stem this inflation, to somewhat stop this inflation, slow it. But at the same time, we know that the economy is strong and that it can handle some tighter monetary policy. It can handle what we're going to throw at it. Now, furthermore, when it comes to economic outlook, the Federal Reserve pretty much said, look, we expect higher inflation and slower GDP growth. They said it straight up. When it comes to the personal consumption expenditures price index, they actually increased their expectation 
for that personal consumption expenditures price index to 4.1% excluding food and energy, which is much higher than the December 2021 expectation or projection of 2.7%. They also raised their expectation for core PCE to 2.7% from the original projection of 2.3%. So that is definitely something to note, but they expect that core PCE to come down to around 2% longer term. They went on to say when it comes to inflation, quote, inflation remains elevated, reflecting supply and demand imbalances related to the pandemic, higher energy prices and broader price pressures. And that is what they said out of the official statement when it comes to inflation. Also, on the GDP front, what are they expecting? So, the December expectation of 4% GDP growth was sliced to 2.8%, and they cited the Ukraine war as a reason for lower GDP growth. Now, shifting into Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson retiring, he did announce that he will be retiring after five years. He announced that this morning ahead of their investor conference later today. Now, who's going to be taking over the ship at Starbucks? One of the favorite people around, Mr. Howard Schultz, will be taking over as interim CEO. As we know, he was previously the CEO at Starbucks twice over. He is the man responsible for building the company Starbucks is today. This will be his third tenure back as CEO at Starbucks. Now, also, we did get some commentary out of CEO Kevin Johnson on his retirement. He said, quote, a ago, I signaled to the board that as the global pandemic neared an end, I would be considering retirement from Starbucks. I feel this is a natural bookend to my 13 years with the company. So a pretty positive exit, a pretty simple exit saying, look, this was expected and I am now exiting the company as the pandemic winds down. Now, what in the world holds uh, the CEO position, who is going to be taking over um, as CEO after Mr. Schultz as interim. Well, they are currently on the hunt for a new CEO. In fact, to Squawk Box, CNBC's Squawk Box show, chair of Starbucks board, Melody Hobson, actually said that they intend to have a permanent successor for Johnson by the fall. So that is definitely something to know. They expect to have a permanent CEO in by the fall. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we had Baird adding Boeing to their fresh picks list. They go on to say, quote, our longer term recovery in earnings and free cash flow remains unchanged since the fourth quarter 2021 print, while the Boeing stock is now down 11% year to date on a broader market volatility. We are buyers on the pullback and do not see any titanium supply issues for Boeing as it pulls out of Russian relationships. So that is something that Baird liking what you're seeing over at Boeing. Now shifting into Bernstein, upgrading Micron to outperform from underperform. Bernstein went on to say, quote, we upgrade Samsung, SK Hynix, and Micron to outperform as the macro concerns have prompted a sell-off. But a correction to the memory market, if any, won't be prolonged and won't change the structure. We also had Morgan Stanley downgrading SoFi to equal weight from overweight. They go on to say, quote, near-term catalyst path drying up with federal student loan moratorium increasingly looking like it will be extended beyond May 2022. We now assume it comes off in the first quarter of 2023. So pretty much Morgan Stanley downgrading SoFi on this student loan moratorium at the federal level being extended into and beyond May 
2022. So that is something to note. We also had JP Morgan upgrading Starbucks to overweight from equal weight. Speaking of Starbucks, JP Morgan went on to say, quote, Starbucks is the single most difficult and tempting stock call in our coverage. Valuation supports more upside than downside, even on lower numbers. And while the catalyst for near-term movement is elusive, investors should allow for mean reversion and valuation in itself to drive stock outperformance. So JP Morgan saying this is a very complicated call, a very tough call given everything going on at Starbucks, but overall they do indeed like it. We also had Wells Fargo adding NVIDIA to the signature picks list. Wells Fargo went on to say, quote, NVIDIA will hold its annual investor day in conjunction with its GTC and user conference next week, 322. With the full breadth of NVIDIA's roadmap and platform strategy on display, we think NVIDIA's presentations could leave investors to consider a path to a $9 to $10-ish or per share EPS by 2024. We also had Truist reiterating Disney as a buy today. They went on to say, quote, maintain buy. We think the DTC content path in new market launches over the next several quarters offer shots on goal accompanied by continued recovery in parks and box office. So in essence, what Truist is saying there is, look, we not only like what's going on when it comes to streaming in direct-to-customer content, but we also like the fact that the parks are recovering and box office sales are recovering at Disney as well. Once again, Truist reiterating Disney as a buy. And then finally, we had Needham reiterating Roblox as a buy. The firm went on to say, quote, we reiterate our buy rating on Roblox but lower our target to $60, driven by a lower target multiple to reflect current market conditions and to a lesser extent, lower booking estimates following February results. While we were looking for bookings to be down sequentially in February, they were down more than expected. So Needham still liking Roblox, but lower in that price target, pretty much citing um, when it comes to those bookings, they were a little lower than expected. Now, taking a look at Chinese stocks, absolutely rocketing to the upside today after the Chinese government has signaled support for U.S.-listed China stocks. So regulators from both the United States and China, according to CNBC, are actually, quote, progressing towards a cooperation plan in which those U.S.-listed Chinese stocks are once again deemed safe, or at least they're not at a huge threat of delisting. So this is good. And this is also according to Chinese state media. Now, the Chinese government is also supporting all of these companies that are listed overseas or the big ones, such as your Alibaba, JD.com, Pinduoduo, those names absolutely spiking today. Alibaba was up at 1.36.7%, JD.com, 39%, Pinduoduo, 56%. And you saw China names broadly rally after essentially the Chinese government said, look, our crackdown on these U.S. listed technology companies should soon come to an end. And once again, that's not according to just our media. That's also according to Chinese state media. So that is something to note. That is a big time move out of China when it comes to U.S. listed technology names. Now, shifting into our final headline of the day, HSBC is buying virtual real estate in the sandbox metaverse. And this is big. This is just more Web3 adoption. So HSBC, a massive financial services provider, said today, Wednesday, that it will be acquiring a piece of virtual real estate in the sandbox metaverse. And that is according also to Blockworks and HSBC's official press release. Now, this purchase of digital real estate in the sandbox is actually part of a larger partnership with the sandbox um, itself to engage not only in 
esports, but also sports, gaming fans, etc. So this is a big announcement coming out of HSBC. Confirming on to say, quote, the metaverse is how people will experience Web3, the next generation of the internet, using immersive technologies like augmented reality, virtual reality, and extended reality. And that was HSBC's chief marketing officer. Furthermore, we did get commentary out of the Sandbox co-founder and chief operating officer, Sebastian Borgett. He went on to say, quote, we are pleased to see large, trusted institutions such as HSBC join the Sandbox, open metaverse, and embrace the culture of Web3, connecting with users through entertainment, gaming, and user-generated content. And once again, this comes on the back of yesterday, where we heard from Mark Zuckerberg pretty much saying that they are working on bringing NFTs to Instagram. And we also heard of many other developments, such as Microsoft making a major investment in another Web3 company. And that Web3 company owns MetaMask, which if you're in Web3 cryptocurrency NFTs, you know MetaMask is a huge and integral part of that whole entire industry. So some major investments being made by major companies into Web3, cryptocurrency, NFTs, all of these blossoming blockchain industries. And that is something to note. The biggest money and the smartest people are going to those spaces. And that is likely indicating something good to come within those industries. Either way, this is another completed episode of the Running With The Money Briefing. We will be back tomorrow, of course. But in the meantime, go give my boys and my fellow team members over at Pound of the Table listen at Pound of the Table on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever the hell you listen to podcasts. Also, please go and give me and my team a follow at Running With Money on Instagram and Facebook or at Luke Donay on Twitter. Easily Profit Trade On, and I will see you tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh